the blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, do you think that vehicle's safe for highway travel? Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I am your host, Tim, and with me once again this week is co-host Dean. Hello, Dean. Hello, Tim. Hey, man. What's going on? Um, It's been a bit of a week. What's up? Uh, I, what's up with you? What's going on, man? It's, what's uh what's this week you're talking about it's been a bit of a tough week i've been a little really? bit of, yeah i've been i felt a little bit like a, a neil this week oh really yeah it's just been a tough um, one but uh i'm yeah yeah i'm I, i'm i'm is ready this to, a bit is this a bit or it's, this, it's not even ever... a bit i actually just connected right now that neil has a tough time in this movie so oh, yeah he's having a bad day he's having a bad, bad day yeah I've, I've had a tough week um but i took a nice long walk before this podcast and uh, with no idea of where I was going to walk, and every time I came to a dead end, there was a little path that led me to another street. And so mm. I'm just feeling great. I'm feeling like the the doors are opening for me. The paths are always there. I'm looking forward to going into this next week. Isn't that just like life, Dean? It's just like life. When you, you have a bad week and when you hit a dead end, there's just going to be a path there sometimes. That small path. That small path waiting for you. Yeah. Um, was the Paul Young song, uh, every time you go away playing in your, in your head it while you was. were walking that, walking that path? Yes, Tim, it was, it was going on in my head. I've been humming that song all week, yeah. dude. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Check out the video for that one. It's powerful, powerful eighties <laughs> video. Yeah. This is, so this, this movie is actually a weird soundtrack, Tim. Yeah, I know. This um, is not one I've been rocking all week, the whole thing, because it's weird. I- I didn't even think I'd ask you about that because yeah, yeah the score is uh, forgettable. For uh, sure, we're jumping yeah. ahead though. We're jumping okay. ahead. <laughs> okay, back it up, back it up. Um, I've had a our, terrible week. St- <laughs> yeah, this is our our talking at the beginning where we just uh, riff a little bit. Oh, okay. sometimes sometimes we riff and sometimes we just get right into it. Yeah, but it seems like today it's it's like a riffing vibe. You, well, you mentioned you had a bad week, so yeah, um, you lost your wallet, right? I did. I didn't lose my wallet. Yeah. Did you really? Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. I don't bring my wallet anywhere, Tim. I always, oh. I always lose my wallet, but because it's just on my bedside table at home, I don't bring that thing anywhere. Speaking of wallets, when was the last time you used cash? I don't oh, use man. cash for anything anymore. Uh, no, I can't remember the last time I've seen cash. Yeah, I, uh, I was kind of. Um, for a while, I was taking like $20 out every paycheck just to oh, yeah. have a little bit of cash for like coffee or s- stuff like that. And um, before I knew it, my um, wallet was bursting with 20s. And I was like, oh, I don't use cash for anything. <laughs> but I'm I haven't used any, <laughs> used, yeah, I haven't used any money in like three months. But um, excellent. Yeah, and I've got a whole bunch of it to, to do something with. Oh, very nice. Uh, Tim, this so. is, I don't know why. This just reminded me of this. But. When we used to play Monopoly, I think it's maybe you just being flush with cash is reminding me of this. But when we used to play Monopoly and I was very small, when you got like $500 bills or $100 bills, you would slip them underneath the game board 
and hide them from me. I don't know if you remember mm. this. So I didn't know. I didn't know you were so flush with cash. And then all right. of a sudden, when you were just about to go bankrupt, you'd be like, oh, what's this? What's this under the game board? And you'd lift it up and pull out all this money. And I was, I don't know, I was probably like six or seven. So I was always checking underneath the game board for extra money for me. Um, it was never mm. there. It was always you. That sounds like something I would do yeah. like, as a big brother. That sounds like a big brother dick move right there. <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, uh, news alert for you though that probably that money probably didn't belong to me i probably stole that from the bank oh that's true you were always the banker for sure yeah when i was in graphic design school we had to do like a five minute presentation on uh anything we wanted and i did my presentation on how to cheat and win at monopoly <laughs> be the banker <laughs> well that's one of them yeah, <laughs> yeah be the banker and like how to steal money and when to steal money and all sorts of stuff so um, okay that makes sense because fa- fairly I, I... Fairly likely that I did that. Yeah. Um, I, I learned most of my Monopoly skills from uh, our cousin, Brent, ah, who okay. was um, a, a vicious and relentless Monopoly player. Okay. And he would just, he would crush us, the younger cousins at the game. So I learned that that, I actually learned that Monopoly is not a game at all. Yeah. It's, it's very serious. And if you don't win, it's, um, it's a very, very bad thing. So. Right. And you, yeah, and you took those tips home and you crushed your younger brother with exactly. them. Exactly. Okay. And you, in turn, probably crushed somebody else down the line. You probably crushed one of your friends. Tim, I crushed no one. No? No. Oh, okay. I didn't, my friends didn't like Monopoly. It was too long. I guess I, I didn't teach you the secrets. I just used them against you. Although, although, Tim, me being so much younger than you, I did play a lot of Monopoly on GameCube. I had Monopoly for GameCube and that I played in like, dorm rooms with my friends and i did crush them with that you can't really sneak money in that though you have to play it straight yeah you can't cheat at that yeah no it's more fun if you don't cheat but um, right but when you're playing your little brother you have to cheat yeah if you want to win there's ways to there's ways to win there's always money under that table i was always checking (laughs) i i would even check when i wasn't playing against you i was playing against somebody else and i would check under the board if there was money there i thought it just was there you just thought it was like a magic board? Yeah, like I every... actually, I think you called it a magic board. I think you said, let's check what's under the magic board. And so I would constantly check to see if there's money. It was never was money for me. I, I, I so wish video cameras were like more yeah. <laughs> easy, easy to attain back in this day. Because I'd love to see videos of this type of stuff. Yeah. Older Tim just uh, crushing little Dean's hopes at Monopoly by cheating. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of you crushing my hopes. Well, that got passed down. That was passed down through the uh, oh, totally, the, yeah, the the brothers in the yeah. in our household, yeah. But then we went to the theater and saw Lost in Space, and we became best friends. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and a whole bunch of other movies that we have gone to see together that I don't remember. Right, <laughs> but... <laughs> because I'm so memorable of a movie partner. <laughs> <laughs> now we talked about that before. I just don't remember. I don't remember who I go to movies with. Yeah. Okay. Well. Do we do, do it? You know Did we else? get through the early, yeah. <laughs> early banter? Think, Can we go to the movie now? I was trying to segue there. You said uh, I had crushed your hopes and dreams or something. I was uh, going to say, uh, like, uh, you know who else's hopes and dreams were crushed? Uh, Neil Page. Neil Page. Um, but the time for that is lost. So Okay, you know, I ruined it. Um, we'll just uh, do a different type of segue. Okay. Like um, a little brother always does. Ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. It's not true at all. Oh, thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, hey, Dean. Yeah. Um, and and uh, more so listeners, uh, this week we're covering planes, trains, and automobiles. Dude, this is an all-time comedic classic. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorites of all time. This is one of the greats. 
Here's why it's one of the greats is because this movie has a whole lot of heart to it, Dean. It does. Yeah. It's, it's not just a comedy. It's like a comedy plus heart. And that just equals something you don't always get nowadays or even back a days. You didn't get that all that much. Yeah. I don't so, think you can really um, with the type of movie this is. I don't really think you can nail the heart like they did here. It's really tough to do. That's, yeah. Um, I really appreciate this movie for like what's gone into it. So Dean, let us get into it. It's uh, the movie was released in 1987 and it had a budget of $30 million and it grosses $50 million. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. That's fine. It's fine. It just, just about doubles its money makes 20 million. I'm not going to complain about that. Well, it's an R rated comedy. How many R rated comedies are making a hundred million at the blockbuster? Not many. Exactly. I don't want to mention that quite yet, but yes, that, that is the reason it didn't do as well. Now it's written, directed and produced by the superhero himself, John Hughes. Mm-hmm. It's starring Steve Martin as Neil Page and John Candy as Del Griffith. Now, the music was done by Ira Newborn. And Ira has done quite a few like popular movies. Uh, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Dragnet, The Naked Gun, Uncle Buck, Ace Ventura what else i don't know what else other a, f- a fair number of others but like it's basically this pretty standard music like we've mentioned it already there's not a whole lot going on here i feel like if you insert any random score this movie is exactly the same yeah. except for that paul young song at the end that just hits you right in the heart oh just gut punch digs yeah. itself in there uh, other than that, yeah. just whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, those are a lot of like uh, a lot of those movies are great movies that you mentioned. But what I can't remember from those movies is the score. I can't remember the score from any of those movies. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Either. like you think of other John Hughes movies and you're like uh, Home Alone, like not as good of a movie, but I definitely remember the score. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, good point. Uh, cinematography, though, is done by Donald Peterman. Uh, some of his notables are Splash. Cocoon, Point Break, Get Shorty, Men in Black. And he also did Flashdance and Star Trek Four, which were both nominated for the Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Oh, cool. Yeah, that is cool, eh? Nice. This guy's really good, and I think he did a really good job in this movie, but I don't know if you like need... A really good cinematographer for this one because it's all pretty straightforward and you're in like enclosed places for a lot of it so you can only do so much with the camera you know i get so, that yeah um i'm not gonna sing his praises or anything but sometimes dean sometimes when you don't notice something mm. there it means it's being done really well at the right. same time so um there is always that yeah there's there's really no i mean there's not a lot of times where I was like, that was a really cool shot or a really cool transition. But when you kind of look back and think on it, a lot of the, I think a lot of the comedic scenes work because of the way they're shot, but whether that's because you have a great cinematographer or just because, you know, the director and cinematographer together are kind of nailing down that shot. I'm not sure. I think we've had this conversation before. I'm not a hundred percent sure what the cinematographer, like what's in their control. Um, but yeah, in a comedy, it's it's tough to it's tough it's to see way, that stand out. 
it's the way the movie comes across on screen basically yeah. and that it's like the you know the uh staging of the camera it's the arrangement of the set design it's the lighting in the scene right uh it's all that stuff so it's all really all the visuals that okay. you're seeing so it's a, it's a huge part yeah okay so i'd i would say there's some great choices in this movie that do make it very funny and like like do push it that extra mile i think okay so this movie dean is a bit of a departure for john hughes at this time because up until this point he was most successful for those uh teenage angst movies Mm -hmm. right he had done other movies but those are the ones he was really uh popular for oh so angsty they were so so uncomfortable in my own skin (laughs) you're itchy (laughs) yeah that's my angst my angst is coming out you picked up a little bit of uh, poison ivy on your walk i did i did i think what happened so itchy yeah oh wow let's get you some cream yeah (laughs) does that that solves teenage angst they just needed some cream yeah if you rub cream all over your body yeah Mm. now in our predator 2 episode we talked about the thomas brothers and how quickly they wrote their script for predator 2 Mm. It was two and a half weeks, Dean. That's you fast. Yeah, you weren't sure if that was fast or not, but I'll let yeah. you know that that's fast. Tim, was that the fastest script ever written? No, Dean, it wasn't. What? But, what? but listen to this. Uh, John Hughes heard about this and said, hold my beer. <laughs> oh. And he, he writes the script for this in three days. Yes. Now, it sounds like you knew that information. I knew it. I knew it because I saw an interview with him. And somebody asked him, hey, you wrote this in three days. And he was a little bit defensive, kind of like, because the question was a little uh, aggressive, almost like, oh, can did you really write a good movie? Because you only did it in three days. So he said he was explaining that his first draft gets done in three days because he just likes to blow through the script and see if he has a good movie. And then he does a bunch of rewrites after. Yeah, of course. But I mean, like everybody still, does rewrites. Yeah, know? still That's Superman. That's yeah, great. I'm still, um, Tim, I'm still working on my first script. Me too. It's been 15 years. I'm still working on it. Yeah. As soon as I get a name for it, then I'm really going to dig into it. Yeah. And I'm yeah, going to start. Definitely, definitely. Once I get that name, then I'll start page one. Nice. I have my name, but I... Uh, oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. I just oh. I just haven't really got past sort of page one. Ah. Uh, yeah. We should we should collaborate. We should. I can't, get a, I can't get a name, but I'm ready to go with page one. Okay, okay. Does the name Wasted Life work for your... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Okay, okay. No, we can Me neither. That. That's not mine either. How about Life Wasted? You just have it the wrong way. Oh, interesting. Okay, actually, Tim, that works way better for my script. You actually just <laughs> cracked it. I, I want to get to writing right now. I didn't even think of that. Life Wasted is way better. Okay, Dean, give me one more hour of your time and then you can get to writing your novel okay, okay. or your screenplay. Oh, I'm or so it is. pumped about this. Okay, Dean, uh, for John Hughes, having this ability to write a script in like mere days meant that he could write uh, a whole shitload more of screenplays than he's actually able to direct. Right, right, right. So uh, in the 80s, he wrote 16 screenplays, but was only able to direct seven of them. Okay. So whenever he couldn't direct a movie himself, he would pass it on to Howard Deutsch. Now, that was actually the case with planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh. He had to pass it on. But as soon as he heard that Steve Martin signed on, he took it back for himself. Nice. A selfish bastard. Yeah, eh? That's selfish bastard, yeah. I mean, jerk. he wrote it. He wrote it, so. Right, but she passed it on already. You know, I know, on. that's true. 
Poor Deutsch. Uh, anyways, um, what Deutsch gets in return is he gets to direct The Great Outdoors. Oh, okay. Was, okay. That's ex- excellent. Another John Candy. Yes. Now, Dean, planes, trains, and automobiles, The Great Outdoors, and she's having a baby were all John Hughes films. Um, like they had his uh, stamp on them somewhere. I think mm-hmm. he wrote them all. Didn't, okay. didn't direct or produce, but they were also all being filmed at the same time. And there were some really weird interconnections going on with the three of them. Oh. Now, the character of Kevin Bacon, uh, the character he plays in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is supposed to be the same character that he's playing in She's Having a Baby. And when Kevin Bacon is racing against Steve Martin for Mm -hmm. that cab in Mm -hmm. Planes and Trains, uh, it's apparently like that he's racing to get that cab to get to the birth of his baby. Really? Yeah. Okay, so okay, so I like that a lot, except that I have I have one fact about this movie, and it doesn't jive with that. No? What's and your one fact? My one fact is that when Steve Martin and or sorry, when when like Neil and Dell are in the hotel room and they're on the bed and it flashes to his uh, Neil's wife, she's watching that movie. That's correct. So what kind so, that can't be the same universe that, that, then that's why i'm saying it's like th- yeah. there's these weird connections right okay um so you're you're right about that um she's having a baby gets released three months after planes and trains okay okay but like you mentioned there's that scene where she's having a baby is on in the background okay so it already doesn't make sense because it gets released later so okay i could exactly. see i could see that then being connected because they're already saying you know what it's it's a different world. This is why I said weird connections. Yeah. Because it's yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't, re- I think they were just throwing stuff into like for fun and to mess with people. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but the great outdoors gets released four months after she's having a baby. Okay. But the character that John Candy played in the great outdoors Chet, does a cameo and she's having a baby. Oh, okay. So it's just like this cycle of weirdness going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're just, I don't know. Just thought I'd share that information. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Now, John Hughes, he wants the audience to really feel the frustration that Neil and Dell were dealing with in this movie. And he planned for a lot longer of a movie than what we ended up getting. So his initial cut for this movie, Dean, was mm-hmm. four and a half hours. <laughs> he, he trimmed it down to a three and a half hour director's cut. What? Yeah, and then uh, trimmed it down once more to the 93-minute theatrical version that we got. I'll tell you one thing, Tim. I could not take this for three and a half hours. I can't oh, I be could. punched. I can't be punched in the face for three and a half hours. Oh, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd watch the four and a half. <laughs> oh, sounds my great. Goodness. I don't mind getting punched in the face for an hour, 20 minutes, and then getting hugged at the end. That's basically this movie. <laughs> um, hugged by Paul Young. Yeah. in his song of course Although, you know what? it's it's paul young's song it wasn't paul young singing at the end it was it was like i don't they couldn't afford him or something or okay like they just they thought it might be easier to just rip off the song and pay the the, the back dues or something yeah. i don't know but it wasn't the real song i will i promise you i won't stop talking about this song please keep it keep it coming yes it's it's the best uh song in the movie it is now dean yeah the, you mentioned it. The theatrical release was rated R. Mm-hmm. And I, if you've seen the movie, we all know why. Yeah, one scene. <laughs> it's one scene. It's one <laughs> questionable scene in the movie. 
where the F-bomb is dropped 19 times, Dean. Yeah. Great fucking choice. I loved it. Great um, choice. So, like, th- here's the problem, though. You've got um, shit for brains sitting at the top of the ratings board who decides that planes, trains, and automobiles is going to be as damaging to kids as a hyper-violent movie like RoboCop, Total Recall, and The Predator were at that time. Uh, that's stupid, like, first this, of all. Uh, that, this, uh, this shit just makes me mad. But it, yeah. It's like, yeah, let's, uh, we don't need to really get into it. Yeah. But um, I really appreciate that John Hughes accepted the R rating here mm-hmm. because it's a true testament to his creative process and like his unwillingness to be compromised in his vision for, for what this content is going to be. It would have been super easy for him to change that scene, to drop the F-bombs. Uh, it could have been funnier, in fact, if that dialogue was different, right? Um, yeah. You know, just dropping a bunch of F-bombs isn't necessarily funny. Uh, so it, it could have been funnier. But um, I think what he's what Hughes is needing to show at that point in the movie is like the complete and utter meltdown of Neil Page. Yeah. And like that is is a true depiction of of his character and how he would be feeling in that moment. And I just, I greatly applaud Hughes and his um, acceptance of that R rating, knowing how much like revenue is going to be lost because of that, but just going with it. Totally. And a shout out to New Zealand who actually released the movie with a PG rating. Nice. Very nice. They don't, uh, they don't, dick around in new zealand right no that's 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 actually very interesting because yeah if you have a pg movie you get one fuck you can say fuck one time in that movie uh dean picture that um uh thor ragnarok picture that uh rock guy with his uh new zealand accent oh man picture him like the guy that this movie comes to and he's uh, he he sees it's an r rating and he's the one who changes it to a pg (laughs) Uh, i'm not gonna try to impersonate him because i i would butcher it but a picture his voice saying like, no, this this shouldn't be rated R, man. This should be PG. We should make this PG. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Great. All right. Let's jump into the story. Sure. Uh, it is. Uh, we're in New York City. It's two days before Thanksgiving. Now, Neil Page is in a meeting and it's running long, Dean, but he's got to go. Yeah. He's going to be late for his flight home. He's probably too late already, but he's going to give it a shot. He's a trier. Oh, okay. Okay. He's a tryhard. Yeah, he's a try. He's a tryhard. <laughs> um, we get we get that taxi scene we mentioned before with Kevin Bacon. Uh, they both race for this cab. Uh, Neil Neil Page loses it. Uh, he doesn't get the cab, and then he finds someone else getting to a cab. Tries to appeal to uh, the guy's good side, uh, but ends up having to pay him seventy five bucks for the cab. But as he's paying, some other dude jumps in and steals the cab. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That's bullshit, man. I would be pissed off. I'd be mad at that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Neil, Neil Page, he's none too pleased as well, Dean. He chases down the cab and yells at the guy inside before the cab peels away and Neil's briefcase gets run over by a couple cars. Painful. It looked (laughs) like one of the cabs turned into it. it Was going to bypass it by a lot and saw it land and turned and swerved to get it. Yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> wouldn't you tim would it <laughs> if you saw that guy running down the street and you dropped his briefcase you'd be like i'm just gonna run over this briefcase i don't, I don't know man i don't know that seems like a dick a dick cabbie move to do it is a dick move um and and right away this movie starts and i'm like oh i feel neil i feel that anger inside him like he's gonna say some things and do some things in this movie where you're like oh, i wouldn't go that far but really you feel this anger inside and he's just letting it out yeah, not yet though. He's keeping everything inside very, very nicely right now. Yeah, totally. But you, you can tell, you can tell that this is just a piss off right now. Oh well, yeah, th- th- for sure. This is a big piss off. He's yeah. trying to get to his plane, right? He's trying to get home to his family for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Uh, Neo makes it to the airport to find out that his flight now going to be delayed. Uh, he's clearly having, you know, what you would call a bad day. Yeah, he's ha- he's he's having a bad day. Now, it's been an hour since the flight was supposed to leave. When he notices that the guy who stole his cab is sitting across from him. And again, like he's handling everything very well. He's just like, yeah. Oh, you know, uh, I guess the other guy who we learn is Del Griffith kind of recognizes him and then says, you know, I know you from somewhere. And uh, Neil Page is just very politely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You stole my cab earlier today. (laughs) But so he's he's very he's very cordial, cordial about it. Yeah, definitely. But Tim, the the Neil recognizing Del for me is the funniest joke in the movie and maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen on film. (laughs) And it is because when Neil is trying to remember where he where he saw Del. Yeah. And then, then it like clicks in for him. You don't get a flashback of Dell in the cab. What you get is Dell sitting there at the airport in his chair and they've just put a taxi cab door in front of him. Yeah. You still see the people in the background at, in the airport. It's hilarious. Like it's nice. such a perfect joke that that's how your mind would work. You'd be like, "Oh wait, right. I think I've seen his face in a cab before." That's right. It's if I can so just good. visualize a cab door in front of his face, I might figure it out. Yeah. Yes, they just that's put funny. a cab door in front of his face, and he makes the dumb face, and then he remembers where he's from. I think that is the funniest joke in the movie. I like it. I like it. Um, also, probably easier to do than like actually having to record an extra scene in the cab as yeah. a flashback, right? Totally. Uh, or maybe not. I don't know. That's a stupid thing. I don't know why I said that. Dude. Tim, you'll get that in post. You'll get that out in post. Because no, <laughs> it probably actually would have been the same amount of time to do either. You're taking, you're shooting an extra shot in one of the scenes. What does it matter which scene it is? Or you're like pulling a door off of a cab and getting a guy to hold it there. I mean, it might've been more work. Yeah. It might've been Where more do you get work. Yeah. Door from, you <laughs> know. And, so, and so, actually, sometimes, sometimes it's better not to say anything in a podcast. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Dell actually had his clothes on that he was wearing in the cab too, so they had to change Dell's clothes, <laughs> then put the cab door in front of him. Tim, it was like at least ten times more work than just yeah playing the clip back. It does sound like way more work now, <laughs> but it's worth it, Dean, because it was your funniest moment in the movie. So it's the fun for me, it is the funniest moment. It was all worth it. That's probably what they were hoping for when they were doing it. <laughs> this this one's for all those Canadian folk out there. Yeah. Um. Del Griffith, the uh, classic shower curtain ring salesman. Oh man, Tim! What we—it's what we all wish we could be doing. But we a, all strived for that. What, that a job. Great, what a great job! I don't want to like shit on the job, but this is just like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, there could. I guess there. I guess people sell those things because you need that. Maybe. I mean, I. Th- 
I think it's great because it's it's a job that probably doesn't exist. For sure. For sure. And he's and he, he keeps saying that like people owe him favors who he's sold shower rings to. Right. It's like, why? Why <laughs> yeah. do they owe you a favor? It reminded me of like when I got a house and like things like a doorknob would break or things like a cupboard handle would break. And I'd just be like, I have to buy that? I have to buy another doorknob? They don't it didn't just not just like always there it doesn't just always work that reminded right. me of that when i watched this and i was like oh yeah i guess you need to get shower curtain rings from somewhere <laughs> it's true yeah you do so time to get on the plane neil gets on and he gets bumped out of first class because the flight attendant's boyfriend is oh, uh, on the plane and uh, he got moved up into neil's seat this is now, this was so this angered me so much, Tim. This is so infuriating. It's, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating <laughs> that you. I would be the same. I'd be like, no, I don't want a fucking refund. He doesn't say fuck because he says that later. But I don't want a refund. I just want to sit in first class. That's what I paid for. Yeah, uh, he paid for it uh, over a month ago. He over said. a month ago, travel Booked and paid for. Travel was tough in '87. That's what I get from this movie. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dean, this is where Neil is uh, ever so slightly starting to get frustrated with what's been going on. He's been very good mm -hmm. up to this point, but now it's enough. And also what doesn't help is he goes to his new seat and it's right beside Del Griffith. Oh, so no. classic. I love it. But Del, Del's just like this super friendly, super nice guy who he just I, he strikes me as this person who you'll never see angry. Like he's probably never been angry in his entire life. Um, but he just doesn't get all the social cues. He just doesn't quite click into them. Yep. You know, um, what we've done up to this point is we've established our two leads and some of their characteristics and um, just uh, some of their traits. So. Yeah. Now, Dean, the fucking plane can't land in Chicago. Of course it can't. There's weather. There's weather formations. Not not weather formations. Yeah. Weather formations. Uh, they can't land. So they go to Wichita. Now, this is basically the catalyst that is going to propel us into our journey with uh, Neil and Dell here, because Neil can't find himself a hotel room. He's called all the places. They're all booked now, obviously, because all everybody, all the other passengers are trying to get something. Yeah. Uh, Dell is also turning out to be a bit of a stalker here because he's just like following Neil around the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <Like>, yeah. <laughs> waiting for him to be done his business and ask him questions and stuff. Um, but that's fine, though, because Dell got a room at a hotel. Right. Now, he says he knows the owner, and if Neil will pick up the cab fare, that uh, he'll get Neil a room, too. That's that's great. It's it's very great. It's very nice. I, I have a question for you at this time before you go on. Okay. Um, so Neil's at the, at the payphone trying to call a hotel. If you can't, like if that hotel has no rooms and there is a lineup of 20 people behind you, are you allowed to call again and try another hotel or are you shit out of luck? Um, like what's no, the etiquette uh, there? Well, back in like w the year that this was supposed to be taking place, and I don't know if they ever tell us what year it's supposed to be taking place. Maybe just the same year '87 that it yeah. came out. I would say that you could stand there and make a few phone calls. Okay, I don't think you put your one quarter in and you're done. Yeah, like I think if you make a couple calls, you know, if you're there for a while, someone might start, you know, getting annoyed at you. But at the same time, you know. You need to you need to get a place to stay. So well, totally. Even, even right now, I would probably. Well, I mean, there's no payphones really around anymore, so I wouldn't be doing that. But if there was, I'd make a few calls, 
um, and then I'd step away. You know, I'd, I'd try yeah. to do my best to get okay. a place, but I'd also realize like there's other people here trying to call. Uh, I'm not going to be a, a jerk about it. Um, yeah. And maybe just like, I don't know, figure something else out or find another phone or something. But good question. Yeah, because like I, this movie is super effective for me because this isn't this is probably not going to be a shock to you, but I get really stressed out when I'm traveling. I don't like traveling. I get stressed out at the airport. I get stressed out whenever I have to like get on a bus. Whenever there's like rules that I have to follow in order to get to the place I need to go to, I get really stressed out that I'm going to fuck it up and I'm going to mess it up in some way. So all of these little areas along the way where it's like not working out perfectly, it's really hitting me. And in my time, I can just have a smartphone like if i if i land i can just look on my smartphone for like all of the hotels that i want to go to if my plane is delayed i just look on my phone for the next flight that's going out this guy these guys don't have any of that so i really feel like so stressed out for them and we're only like 20 minutes into the movie and i'm losing my mind Yeah, like times are different. You know, I remember going on some road trips uh, probably before you were born um, with with the fam. And, you know, we would go uh, 16, 20 hours uh, away down into the United States and we would read a map. Like yeah. you'd have to buy at the gas station, you'd have to buy a map. How do you read a map? The, of the state you're in, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to follow the roads. Like that's how you get to where you're going. And I remember lots of times we just pull over to the side of the road and, you know, mom and dad would look at the map and argue about it and then, uh, you know, get back on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Hope the map's correct. You know? That is wild. Follow Tim, that is wild to me. I, we, I, have is an, wild. I have an app that is called maps. And all yeah. I do is type in where I am, where I want to go. And then a voice tells me it exactly tells you, what to do. It tells I, you where to go. It blows my mind that people used maps to get where they want. They would drive 20 hours away and follow a map. Now, I took a 30, I think a 36-hour road trip myself with a couple friends when I was about 20. Oh, my goodness. And we used the map. Luckily, uh, like the the CAA, you could go to them and they would plot the course for you. They'd like highlight the map for where oh, you needed to go. very which nice. Which is very nice, but we still had to follow it, right? You yeah. Um, and I think all was good. I think one time we got a little bit lost and had to ask for directions okay. uh, at one place. But uh, you know what? You know what, Dean? It's more fun and adventurous just using a map. It stresses me out, man. It's, this... it's life, dude. That's raw life. No Figuring way. it out for yourself, you know? Life is too busy right now to be to get lost. You can't get lost right now. There's too much shit to do. <laughs> I don't have time to get lost. I got to get there exactly when I want to get there. I got to get there exactly the amount of time it takes. I don't have time to get lost. I got shit to do when I get there. Oh, man. It's so bad nowadays if you get lost, hey? I know. There's so many things go wrong. You get in trouble with so many different people if you're just lost and uh, late for something. Yes, Tim. This, now, we gotta, this world's got to slow down a little bit, Dean. we got to totally. get back to maps, you know? We do need to get back to maps. Now that you're saying it, that's why I'm having such a bad week. I'm so stressed out about shit. Like, if I could just have a map and that's how I had to get there and the people on the other end were like, hey, we know you have to follow a map. So if you don't get here on Tuesday and maybe you right. get here on Wednesday, that's fine. And that's the thing, too. Yeah, you'd be like, OK, well, I'm going to be there either this day or that day. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see how the journey goes. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many times I get lost on the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's a way Depending more Depending if I started out in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you ask me, Dean, on the next trip that I take. Am I going to use a normal map or the uh, map app? I'm, I'm going to use the map app. Okay. But Tim, 
Tim, but like, be, it'd be more fun to use the map. But it, it's going to be gonna, more fun. Yeah. Use the map and app. I think here, here's the thing. Like we are going to get that uh, Atlas book and workout and get buff. Just like we're going to do that. I think our next road trip, we need to do it by map and update map. everyone. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, our next road trip would also be our first road trip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, together. Never, yes, never together. I think that is true. <laughs> So we, we should, should take our first road trip by map. We should do a podcasting road trip. Oh, I like it. Uh, yeah, we should go visit uh, our friends in our uh, the BFOP network that we're in. But like, seriously, seriously, we should do that. That'd be awesome. Go and yeah. record with all of them. Do a, a little tour of the uh, southern uh, U.S. Yes. And then from there. Oh, and the northern northern U.S. Yeah, with, exactly. Uh, and, and then from there, there, from there, we can get on a boat and we can go visit Emily in London. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. A boat. Mm. <laughs> oh, maybe a plane. I guess you could take a plane. <laughs> I just, for a second, I just forgot planes existed. Uh, yeah. A boat or a plane. Yeah. Work. I'm I, just to be, just to be clear, I am not going on a boat. So we uh, are no, taking a plane. I'd no, I'd take a boat. I would not take a boat, Tim. I'm terrified of water. Yeah. But you're in a, a giant boat. The, yeah. So what? You're surrounded I mean, you by be... water. We're not talking about like a rowboat. Like we're not going to take a rowboat across the the ocean. It would be like a cruise liner. What if you get a hole in the bottom and you sink? I don't think that stuff happens anymore. I mean, I guess if you get a hole in the bottom of a plane, you're also done. Yeah, I, I guess you probably have more chance of surviving like a a cruise liner wreck than a plane wreck. Yeah, I just like being sitting in a chair, thirty thousand feet in the sky, not really worrying about anything. When I'm on a boat, I'm too close to the water. Mm. Yeah. Okay, but those cruise liners nowadays, you like it's like a city. Like you could go the whole you Tim, could go a whole week without even seeing the water. Tim, it doesn't make sense. I know, but I'm still afraid. Okay, fair enough. Um, where we where probably were get we? back to this movie? <laughs> what movie was it again? I forget. It's like Around the World in 80 Days or something. Oh, like that. I saw that in theaters. The one with Jackie Chan and Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I feel like we have to recap the first uh, 30 minutes of the episode to, <laughs> okay. to catch people back up with what's going on in the movie. Okay. But I won't do that. I won't. That'd be, that'd be dumb. But basically where we're at, though, is that they have this hotel that Dell has uh, hooked them up with. And yeah, they, they yeah. need to go there. Neil's going to pay for the cab. They get into this cab. This cab. It's awesome. Of course. Tell me that this, this cab like wouldn't be one of the cabs in the entourage of the Duke from Escape from New York. Oh my goodness, like I didn't even got, think about this that. This has got the Duke written all over it, man. Totally. This is I like, this cab is like Uber now. Like if you get an Uber driver and yeah. they just have like lights inside and they're playing their own music because they're trying to get it like all cool. They want to get the five stars from you, right? So they're going to make your ride fun. That's what this cab is. It was awesome. And the cab driver, I mean, maybe you haven't watched Home Alone as many times as I have, but this cab driver is the... Uh, the police officer who's on the phone um, with yeah. with uh, Kevin's mom, yeah. um, who won't who like won't go check on the kid or whatever. He's eating that donut. Right. It's that weird that weird scene where the piece of the <laughs> yes. donut falls on the phone, yes. and then you're just waiting for it to fall off the yes. phone. <laughs> it's so it's awkward. The, it's the best scene. Like, how did they get that donut piece to? Like, how many times did they take that? I want I want to know that they like took that not very many times, and it just happened no. that that donut piece fell on, and he just kept going. He's like, "Yeah, yeah I'm going to keep going with this." That's got to be hundred percent like one take, and it just happened. Yeah, yeah. and then um, it fell off so perfectly. Like he I almost know. went to go touch it, and it just fell off. 
It was so good. good. Yeah. Anyways, I love that cab driver. No, I, I do know him from that, but yeah. I I, uh, I love him mostly from uh, uh, his role in Friends as Mr. Heckles. Of course. Oh man, yeah. I love Mr. Heckles. Great. Love that guy. He's in a bunch of great roles, but yeah. um, he takes them on this joyride to see the area because they're new to the area, and he thought that they might like to see <laughs> see a little bit of it, even yeah. though it's the middle of the night and they're in the middle of nowhere on the interstate. <laughs> He's just like driving around on the interstate. I'm Timmy wants it. to get a five star rating. <laughs> Yeah, it's trying to jack that rate up. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. So I, I love that, like, Dell's been able to do this one thing, and he's so happy and proud yeah. to be able to help out Neil, yeah. right? Uh, he's very, very proud of himself at this point. He's just like, he's just a genuinely nice dude, right? He wants to help out. He cares about people. He doesn't have an agenda. Um, He just wants to, like, be Neil's friend, you yeah. know? You really get that feeling from him. But unfortunately... Uh, things just keep going wrong for Neil yeah. because there are no more rooms and Neil is required to share the room with Dell and there is only one bed. I like the movie for these like realistic situations so far. Basically everything is believable. Like you or I could be Neil. Like yep. this could actually happen to us. It's not a real far stretch. Uh, I like when movies like take far stretches uh, but I also like these movies where you feel like this could be you. And that's what this movie is. Totally. Like I said before, I just like can totally feel the pressure here. Like if this ever happened to me and I can see it happen to me because every time I travel, this is what I worry about. So I can see it happening to me. And yeah, I, I can definitely see being in Neil's position. Yeah, definitely. So the sharing of the hotel room is not going so well, Dean. Uh, Dell showers first and he uses most of the hot water. And all of the towels. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, a, it, it's Dude, it's just more of this, like, um, character just, building of him yeah. just missing these social cues, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, why, why wouldn't you think, oh, hey, like, Neil might like to dry off with a full-size towel instead of, like, a hand cloth. Uh, but he just doesn't get it, right? He's just not. He's a super he's nice guy that just doesn't get it. And, yeah. like, yeah, I... I I know Dell. I know Adele. Like there's oh, everybody knows. Adele. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows Adele. That's like the nicest guy. You got to hang out with him, but he just doesn't get it. Yeah. Uh, Neil, he has to sleep on the wet side of the bed because <laughs> Dell blew up a six pack of beer on the, <laughs> with the vibrating. Hey, bed. hey, we've all been there. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we have. Uh, they're trying to go to sleep and Dell's cracking every bone in his body. It sounds like. Yeah. What? The- uh, he's scratching loudly. He's doing the most annoying cleaning of the sinuses I have ever heard in my life. I don't even know what the sound is that he's doing. I don't even know how he's producing the sound of his body, but it is so annoying. I don't know either. I cringe every time I watch it. For sure. But Tim, if he doesn't clear those sinuses, he's going to snore all night. That's right. So so just let him do it. Yeah. He's just got to get through this and then it's going to be okay. Right. Uh, Neil has had enough though. It's too much, Dean. It's too much. The, the bad day here, it's just, it's it's overloaded him. Yeah. There, there, he's got no more room for, um, you know, being supportive and letting things go. And he lets Dell have it. He lets he, him have it. He lets him have it here. It's so good, Tim. He really cuts into uh, Dell's shortcomings yeah. that he's um, found that Dell has so far. It is extremely hard to watch, but funny as fuck, dude. It's so weird. It is. It. it, it I don't really like 
like there was there was a time I think it was more like in the 2000s but there was a time where stand-up comedians their whole thing was just making fun of someone and that's like that's what their shtick was like that's what their whole act was built around and I hated it I don't like picking on people and it's so strange that in this scene all that Neil is doing is picking on Dell and picking on all his things and I find it so fucking funny this moment is actually I I find where I realize the magic of the movie because I don't really like I don't really like these like road trips guy you're stuck with and you can't stand him. I don't really like those types of movies. I find them too cringy. I find when it's just like bad thing happening after bad thing happening. I just don't like it. I don't like the feel, but it works because of these two guys. Cause in this one scene, Steve Martin is being a complete asshole and I still find him funny. And John Candy is being this complete bumbling fool. And I still feel bad for him. And so in this moment, I like both of the characters and what they're both bringing to the table. Oh, definitely. It's um, it's the whole uh, comedy plus heart aspect that we've mentioned. Like yeah. This 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 scene doesn't work as well if um, if Neil just roasts a dude here yeah. and the dude tries to like throw a couple insults back. It'd still be funny. Um, but that, you know, the other person's character is not going to work as well as Dell here, who just takes it, you know, yeah. just takes everything that's thrown at him starts to tear up and basically says like he likes who he is take it or leave it you know this is who he this is who he is he likes himself his wife likes who he is Uh, his customers like who he is yeah you know as Dell explains this to neil it looks like neil uh realizes that he's gone too far here and um you know instead of leaving like he was planning on doing just ends up climbing back into bed yeah, which uh, is which is again pretty interesting because he had just like ripped into him, just ripped into Dell, and he can also feel the heart from Dell. So now you have not only us who know that like this is the first moment you said the movie has heart. This is actually the first moment I realized that because of what because of Dell's speech. Like where I'm really like, oh okay, yeah, I, I do even though it's kind of it would be terrible to be stuck with this guy on this trip. I do feel bad for him in this moment and maybe I shouldn't have been hating on him so hard. And then Neil also realizes that and he gets back in the bed with him. Like it works on us and it works on Neil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't give you a minute to breathe uh, in between uncomfortable events because they immediately get robbed uh, uh, during, during the night. And it's not so much them getting robbed that's uncomfortable, but you know that a scene coming down the line is going to occur because of this and be so uncomfortable. Totally. So, yeah. Um, but they wake up in the morning and it's that classic uh, hand between two pillows scene that mm. uh, I'm sure everybody knows. They wake up cuddling uh, each other. Um, Del's like kissing Neil and um, we learn that one of Del's hands is somewhere that it shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, once they realize what's happened, they kind of jump out of bed and they start talking about the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And they're like, uh, oh, did you see uh, the game last uh, last week? And like, yeah, 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 great game, great game. Yeah, the Bears are doing really good. They got a really good team. When it came out, there was a football game two days before that where the Bears beat the Detroit Lions 30 to 10. So they actually did win. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> two days before that. That's amazing. And at that point in the season, the Bears were eight and two and had a great team. They had a good team, solid team. It just, it kind of like all lined up. It was really neat, I thought. That is neat. Now, it's the morning. Neil goes to wash his face in the sink, but he finds out he's a bit too late because Dell is soaking his socks. 
And then Neil accidentally uses Dell's underwear to dry his face. It's just like, oh my goodness. This, uh, when yeah. he's washing his face with that sock water, that's so uncomfortable. Totally. But it's, just one, it's, another, it's just one thing after another with this, with this dude. Totally. But in this moment, I'm like, come on, Neil. Just look at stuff. Like, I get... I mean, I, yeah, I, I get it, but... It sucks. It sucks that Dell soaked his socks in the sink and didn't warn you about it. But also, yeah. the guy probably had smelly feet because, like, that was kind of an indicator earlier. So he wants to wash his socks. <laughs> Not in the sink, though, dude. Come on. Uh, just, uh... You know Dean. all the towel. You know all the towels are used up. What are you grabbing? Dean. Dean. Yes, Tim. Bert Dingman owes Dell a favor. Of course that's, he does, because he sold them shower lucky? rings. They owe him that's, a favor. That's right. Bert Bert can help them get on a train. Why the Isn't that fuck, great news? Why the fuck does anyone owe him a favor for selling <laughs> him something? I He's don't pro- get it. Because <laughs> his job doesn't exist. He's the only one who magically does it. True, and true. it's like the only place you can get shower curtain rings from. True. It's, that's it. He's not even like, I gave him a good deal. He's just like, I sold that guy shower rings. Yeah. He owes me a favor. Yeah. That guy like... needed shower curtain rings so hard <laughs> yeah. that he just owes me a favor he for selling me. them to him at full price. Exactly. Anyone who's bought something from him owes him a favor. They already paid you, man. They don't owe you anything. Yeah. Okay. So this yes. hotel, yes. the hotel that uh, they're at, uh, Dell knows the owner, Gus. Gus is going to send his son, Owen, to come pick them up and get them to the train. And I love this character of Owen. Of course. Um, uh, played by actor Dylan Baker. This is Dylan Baker's very first role. He goes on to do a lot of stuff. You'll, If you see this guy's face, you'll recognize him. But he basically makes up this character of Owen. All of the quirks that this guy has, um, this guy just brought to the table. It was not like in the, uh, in the script for him to be doing. He just kind of like brought it out. It's so I love good. that. Yeah, I love that, but, Tim, because I love Owen and I did not recognize him at all. I have like the oh, no? I no, I have the IMDB pulled up right now and I like clicked on his name to see who like Owen was and like totally recognize him. He's in so many things. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I didn't recognize him in the movie. Like I didn't mm. I that wasn't a face I thought I had seen before. Um right. it's so good. I love it. Yeah, he just plays like this like hard ass, like uh I don't know, farmer from the Midwest or something. Yeah. Oh. They go to they go to uh, pick their bags up to throw them in the car. Yeah. He's like yelling at his wife to get out. She, I think she's pregnant. I can't remember. I think she's pregnant. But uh, uh, they're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, we'll get our own bags. And, and he's like, no, like she'll do it. And he says uh, uh, her first baby came out sideways. Yeah. She didn't even scream or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> she puts down like she's holding a baby. She puts down a baby to get out of the yeah. car and help them with the trunk. So just before that, Tim, if my if my first favorite visual joke is the taxi cab in front of Dell in the airport, my second favorite visual joke is Owen with the handshake. So he's been he's been chewing and spitting throughout this whole time, and he spits right before he shakes Neil's hand, and he is able. There's like spit hanging from his mouth, and he wipes it off with his hand right before he shakes hands with Neil. The timing is so perfect; I can't imagine how they pulled that off. I know it, it was great. Um, uh, well, I'll pull back the curtain on that for you a little bit because apparently the handshake scene wasn't going so well okay um for john hughes i don't understand how you can't get a handshake scene correct right um but for whatever reason uh he uh, john hughes told 
um, that character of Owen to do that, to spit in his hand before shaking oh, okay. the hand of Steve Martin. Yeah. And he does it so fast because you're right. He is spitting and it's like chew. He's like got chewing tobacco or something. He shakes Dell's hand and then really quickly like spits into his own hand and it's like dripping off his mouth and stuff. And then he goes in to shake Steve Martin's hand and Steve Martin uh, was a bit of a known germaphobe. Oh, no. So that was what John Hughes did to get a natural reaction out of Steve Martin. Oh, of like, no. Oh, this is disgusting. That's so cruel. And yeah, you can like next time you see it, look at the look <laughs> on Steve Martin's face. He's so offended. Okay. And then he apparently ran off set like immediately to oh, go wash his hands. I imagine that it was so disgusting. And I, I actually feel like if you if we do watch it again, I actually feel like Owen misses spitting in his hand. He and does. actually just wipes he, his mouth off because he's still got it hanging. Like he's got a huge loogie hanging and he wipes that off and then shakes the hand. Oh my goodness. It's like, it's timing that I, I couldn't even dream of. He gets half in his hand, but half of it gets stuck on his face. So he yeah. goes back to wipe it off. <laughs> wipe but he's it doing it really, really quick because Neil's coming in for the handshake <laughs> and he doesn't want Neil to see it. And he wants to do it fast enough that like Neil's not going to, or Steve isn't going to pull away because it's disgusting, right? It's so funny, Tim. It's so fucking funny. It's a really good one. I love that character of Owen. Just fantastic. Like that guy should have his own show. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, so Neil and Dell are now riding in the back of uh, this Owen's truck. It looks really cold. Yeah, also super hilarious that they get picked up and they're in a truck and all the seats are taken. The seats are taken by his wife and kids, and so right. they have to sit in the back. Yep. Now, they get where they're going, and they part ways. And Neil couldn't be happier about it. Oh, totally. <laughs> he's so he's so pleased. He's on a train. He's without Dell. He's yep. like making small talk with the person beside him. He's going to get home. He's just so relieved. He's so happy. Everything, everything's done now. And of course, the, the uh, train breaks down. And uh, once again, he's he's screwed. Yep. Now, um, of course, he like um, sees Dell trying to, trying to drag this giant trunk. We haven't talked about this dude's trunk yet. No. But it's enormous. It's like, it's huge. It's heavy. Um, it can't be carried by a single person. I don't know how Dell's traveling around with this thing. Yeah, but it's it's also why Neil missed like the first cab in one in like almost the opening scene. He had tripped over yeah. that trunk when he saw an open cab. So he wasn't he actually lost the cab to Kevin Bacon. Yeah, exactly. Um but anyways they uh they, they kind of hook back up here and they get on a bus. Uh but the bus is only going so far. So it's like a, a, a quick little thing where they just get a little bit uh further in their journey. But uh, something um, funny that I, I had read about this scene. Um, do you know who Jerry Ryan is? She plays Seven of Nine on Star Trek Voyager. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she was um, in this scene with them initially. Okay. And this scene was shot over a three-day period. And the like the comedy going on between <laughs> um, like John Candy and Steve Martin, just between the scenes, yeah. had her laughing so hard that she couldn't keep it together while they were filming. And John Hughes fired her. <laughs> she, she couldn't like oh, no. keep a straight face in the scene. So uh, that would be me. I would never be able to keep a straight oh, face man. with those no, two. No doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah. But we get a real great moment here after they get off the bus. So they have they have no money. And Dell goes to work selling his shower curtain rings. Yes. As earrings at yeah. this bus station. You know, he's trying to like earn some money. 
And this is like his moment to shine, right? Because he actually comes through for them. He he yep. earns them some money when they have nothing. He gets to like um, share the best aspects of his character, uh, which apparently is him being a salesman. Yeah. And we, we, ha- we haven't really seen that aspect out of him, but just he's great at it, right? He's so totally. engaging and, and very... Uh, good at good at selling basically and um yeah he says <laughs> he tells some people these some of these earrings were made for the grand wizard of china <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> great line yeah. these specific ones were made for the grand wizard <laughs> uh it, it it's so good that he is able to shine here and, and get the money and and bail them out so you're not always feeling sorry for him i actually feel like when I was watching it, I was like, what does this remind me of? And it reminds me of in the office when Michael Scott is actually a great salesman. Like he's a horrible boss and he's like, he's so terrible to everybody, all his employees, but he's actually a really good salesman. Whenever you get him in that moment, he shines. And I really like that for Dell here because it, there's there's just something that there's something that I think keeps wearing on you if all you're doing is feeling sorry for a character the entire time. And I think him showing that he is a great salesman, maybe these people do owe him a favor because he sold them shower rings because he's great at it. Yeah, Dell and Dell and um, uh, Steve Carell from The Office, yeah, Michael Scott, they they do share some parallels. That's right? A good, yeah, a good pickup for sure, for sure. So after they make this money, they're having a meal, and Neil thinks that they've basically been a real bad team together and he yeah. wants to go different ways, which is yeah. hilarious. Uh, I definitely always feel bad for Dell here. He's highly offended, right? This is like yeah. right after his moment to shine and like show Neil that he can do something and be part of like this team. Yeah. Uh, Neil immediately wants to like disengage and go his own way. So yeah. And, and Neil actually puts it in the best way possible, right? He's, he thinks he's gonna, he thinks he has an out here. He's like, Oh, you did such a good job selling those shower ring curtains or those those shower rings. I think the only thing that has been our problem is I'm holding you back. Like yeah. you have shown you you really outshone me here. Like I'm holding you back in this situation. And that seems like for me, who's maybe someone who wants to get out of a situation like this, that's what I would come up with too. I'd be like, okay, I gotta prop them up and then I can back away. But Dell knows exactly what he's doing here. Right. I, I don't really fault Neil, though, either, because like, no. you at what point are you like, do you actually just have to do this because this guy won't leave your side? Right? Yeah. He won't like, you know, and that's maybe the nicest way he can let him down. Yeah. Dell's like that guy at the party who just like sticks around too long. Like after everyone else is gone, he's still there. Yeah. Just ha- hanging out. And yeah, like, totally. Uh, dude, ev- everyone's gone. Yeah. How do I get him to go? I'm not really sure how yeah. to do that. Because he won't leave. Yeah. He won't go. Yeah. You've like <laughs> asked him to go and he won't go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's all too real, Tim. Neil, he gets to a car rental agency. This is his next step of getting home, and he's he's basically going to get his rental car and drive the rest of the way. So he gets to his space where his car is supposed to be, mm-hmm. V5, and all that's there are some rubber marks on the ground of someone peeling away with his car, but the car's not there. Shit. So he has officially lost it now. This is basically that R-rated moment. He uh, he walks across an interstate and a runway mm-hmm. to get to the booking agent. I always found that funny. That the only way back from like this lot where your car is, yeah, because they they take you there on a bus, 
but the uh, the only way back is to go th- like through the airport runway totally yeah <laughs> i love it he goes to the booking agent uh and obviously just like lets her have it um there's something i wanted to say though is None of like the travel, um, like the tra- modes of um, transportation wanted obviously anything to do with this movie because right. they didn't want to be depicted as like uh, um, that they were like would be failures or like yeah, or um, poor customer dis- service or poor, yeah, whatever, poor yeah. customer service or like that they uh, have delays or anything like that. Yeah. So nobody would let them like shoot anything. So they basically had to do all of their own stuff. Um, they like rented 20 miles of train track and they had to, they refurbished their own train cars to use. Wow. They basically built their own like airport sets. They created the logo, uh, and basically created this car rental company. They rented 250 cars to put in the lot to make it look like that was actually a car rental agency. So they just had to do it all, like put it all together themselves. So. Tim, yeah, I was really, trying to figure cool. out where this 30 million came from. That's it right there because I was like, okay, I guess like these two stars got paid a ton, but they probably didn't get paid a ton. They're both really early in their career, I think, still. So yeah. they're not like $10 million men at this point. Um, that makes total sense. They had to build everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Neil does his um, fantastic F-bomb rant on this agent. So good. Uh, yeah, it's very good. Is like when he comes in, his tie is like wrapped around his head in a funny oh, way. Oh, yes. Because like, he's, he's... he's got to keep his ears warm because it's <laughs> oh, cold is that, outside. Is that what it was? That's what it was. It was around his oh, ears. Oh, that makes so much sense. I never picked up on it. I just figured like from all the times he fell down and was like, right. you know, yeah. getting splashed with wet snow and stuff like that. It's just that's where his tie ended up. But that makes way more sense. Yeah. Tim, this, I love that. This, I love this scene so much. I I, I will admit that like as this this movie hit me, I was too young when I watched this movie. Like this movie, while we talked a couple weeks ago about um, Escape from New York and how like that was not one I watched a ton, but I, I did watch it and liked it. This movie, I didn't understand at all. Like when I watched this as a kid, I did not get it. I did not get why it was funny. Um, I definitely just saw it, saw it too young. And... About a year ago, it was on TV, and I flipped it on to this scene, and it started from when he started to walk, and when he got up to the desk, and he just started to release those F-bombs, and I I thought to myself, this might be the greatest movie of all time, I need to stop it right now, and I need to start from the beginning, and I stopped it, and I went and rented it, and I watched it, because that scene is so perfect, it's just like... I want to see what happened to get him to this point because Steve right. Martin dropping all these F-bombs right here. I need to see what happened before this. That's pretty epic, hey? It's epic. I love I love that you you said before that, you know, like this is basically the only reason it's rated R and I love that, you know, John Hughes kept this one scene in here. That rant doesn't really get him anywhere. He doesn't get a new car or anything and he's kind of outside and he asks for a cab. <laughs> he wants yeah. the cab to take him to Chicago. Yeah. And the guy's just like, do you realize where you are right now? <laughs> and uh, anyways, he ends up getting himself punched in the face by this cab agent. And, I love uh, I love that he goes, I love that he goes to a cab and yeah. tries to take a cab. He, dude, he's got no other Chicago. options. He's like, there's nothing, there's nothing left for him to do. Oh, like, man. <laughs> That's it's so, so classic. It's so great. It's so classic. It's like, how much would that cab fare actually be? Oh, oh yeah, man. I don't know. 
Tim, I, I pulled a move. I wasn't sure if you were going to pull it out, so I left it for you. But I pulled a Tim move here, and I counted how many F-bombs he said in how long of time. Oh, nice. Well, I know he did 18. I didn't count the time, though, but that's excellent, Dean. Let us have it. Okay, well, you already stepped on half of it, but he does 18 F-bombs in one minute. Nice. Well, I had already said earlier there were 19 F-bombs in that scene. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, because she says the she says the other one. Right, right. But yeah, oh, that's that's great. It yeah. almost, when I heard the number, I'm like, that sounds way too high. I know, and totally. then, like... When I was watching it, um, I'm like, okay, I want to count the. I actually counted <laughs> yeah. them as they were going. I'm, and yeah. Uh, yeah, he just like he lets them fly. in a minute, in a minute, and that's like they don't say the f word a lot. They don't say that a lot in the movie, and he says oh, barely at all, barely at all. Like I don't actually remember another time. Mm, I can't. I can't remember another time. And there is 18, and then plus the the 19th um, that's replied to him in one minute. No, this movie is legit rated R for one minute of the movie. One minute of the movie. And That's, it's just language. Like nothing else in this movie is, yeah. like, it's it's bordering on being rated G otherwise. T- yeah, you know? totally. Actually, yeah, totally. Like there's nothing offensive in it really yeah. other than, you know, a few like insults, you know. Okay, so Dean Dell just about runs over Neil. Right. After yeah. Neil gets punched out on the ground. Right. <laughs> but it's lucky. It's lucky that that happened because look, Dell's got a car, so Del- like Dell can drive them the rest of the way. Dell's the fucking hero. He's always here to save the day. Where would Neil be right now without Dell? Oh, I, it's still at the airport. He'd be sleeping in the airport at Wichita. Well, yeah, yeah, he would be. Here's the interesting thing: is that if he never left New York, um, like on the plane that he tried to catch, he probably would have been home that night. Yeah. That's because that's they, Tim, they make yes. a comment that the, the weather he's, he's on the phone with his wife and, and you can hear in the background, the news is like the weather's clearing up in yeah. uh, Chicago or whatever. So if he just basically waited for that later flight, he would have been home that night, maybe, maybe two hours late, but he would have made it home. Totally, Tim. That's what I'm talking about with the smartphone. You would just look on your phone and you'd be like, okay, well, there's another flight in like, happening in three hours maybe i'll just take that one instead well he knew about the flight oh he knew about the later flight yeah because the guy at the beginning uh his comment was you'll never catch the six true yes that's true catch the six uh and he said actually that other guy at the beginning said he was going to get the later one he wasn't going to try to rush and make it so that other guy probably got home but neo wanted to squeeze that extra two hours out of it and now it's going to cost him like you know two or three days shit oh man there's like like John Hughes must have some really bad traveling stories because that's some serious Home Alone vibes there too, where the mom refuses to wait for the later flight and they just get there at the same time. Right. This was based on somebody's actual story. Okay. Um, Like obviously loosely based, but it was loosely based on someone's travel story of like a a hellish um, time just trying to get like this small distance. But right. Oh, gives me the shivers. Hate, so, I hate traveling, Tim. Yeah, I know. I think everybody does, though, Dean. It's not just Dean. Do they? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Do you I hate, hate talking to, like, the custom agents? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, it's not I, just I, me. Like, I'm I'm never no. hiding anything, and I always feel like I'm hiding something. It's because they have so much power. They could just be like, <laughs> right. uh, I know. No, they could just throw not, me in jail. You're not allowed to go on your trip anymore. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've been pulled into, like, rooms and had my bag searched and me stuff too. like that. Yeah, yeah me too. I've been in the uh, one-way mirror rooms. They're always like very 
nice about it. Like it's never been, I've there. never felt like really frightened or anything like that, but it's just like, you just want to catch your plane. You know, it's yeah. just like, I just want to go through here, catch my plane and keep going. And like, I don't want to just, be, like, I just want to get it. to where I'm going or I just want to go home. I, yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But like, what if I just accidentally say I did? That's my fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, what if they're like, where do you they work? Just catch, and I'm like, they, they catch you with their like their their like word scrambles. Like yes, sometimes they'll yes. just try to catch you. Like yeah, like where do you? They'll ask you where you work at the beginning, and then like what you do at the end. And if the answers don't line up correct, they're like, oh, he might be lying. Yes, you know? yes. They ask me where do I work, and I'll tell them, and then they'll say, what do you do? And I'll say a podcast, and they're like, nope, that doesn't that doesn't jive right. with what you said earlier. In jail. Or it's like, what what do you do at the beginning? And then at the end, it's like, what don't you do? And you're like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, sh- I sure don't, I sure don't do anything illegal. Yeah, I sure don't smuggle drugs. That's for sure. Across the airport. There's no drugs in my bag. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not a bad guy. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't try to do anything bad here right now in this situation <laughs> where you have all the power. <laughs> I've never even done drugs except for yeah. those couple, those right. couple times. <laughs> Definitely, definitely have never done drugs before. Uh, so don't even ask me that one. <laughs> Just beat him to don't it. Don't even bother. Don't even bother with that one. You already know. And the what answer. do you what do you do for a living, sir? Well, I'll tell you what I don't do, and that's drugs. Drugs. I don't do drugs. I don't so spend I too certainly much. Certainly wouldn't I'm, be smuggling them. I'm in the America, and I don't bring back uh, yeah. alcohol or firearms. That's what I definitely do not do. I definitely haven't brought more <laughs> brought more goods back than I'm allowed to bring back. I didn't back spend without, $600, without I promise. <laughs> this hoodie uh, I brought with me, I'm not I didn't buy it down there and I'm wearing it now. That's right. These brand new white <laughs> shoes, I brought them with me yeah. on the way here. They're brand new before I got on the plane to come I would down never here. need to declare something I brought with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Traveling sucks. I think we just we just got a target put on our back. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, big time. I always feel like it's there, so it will be no difference That's true. to me. That's true. Um, Dean, this whole car scene is yeah. just hilarious. The whole scene. It's perfect, yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely one of the best, if not the best, in the movie. There's just so many good things going on one after another. You've got Dell breaking that passenger seat because he's trying to get comfortable. Yep, yep. Right? You've got Dell. Then, when it's his turn to drive, he gets too hot um, because he flicks his cigarette out the window, but it lands back inside the car in the back seat. Yes. He starts to like heat the place up, I guess, or maybe the heater's getting too warm or something. But he's trying to get his jacket off. He basically like gets his sleeves stuck on the um, on the chair, so now he can't drive the car anymore because both his hands are stuck. Uh, he ends up wiping out. Yeah. Right. He sees his like <laughs> life flash before his eyes. And then he resumes he resumes driving on the wrong side of the interstate. And that's the the funniest moment where he's oh, cruising down the interstate and so there's a car driving beside him on the other side. And they just start honking at him and trying to get his attention. And they're like, You're going the wrong way. You're going to kill somebody. <laughs> Both like the the uh, husband and wife are like saying it in unison out the window to yeah. him. And uh, like Neil wakes up and and he's like, "What's going on?" And Dell's like, "Oh, these guys want to race." <laughs> and then it gets to the point. It's just I love this line where uh, what did they? He's like, "What are they saying? What are they saying?" He says, "He's he's they're saying we're going the wrong way." And he's like, "Well, 
how would they know where we're going? <laughs> like, yeah, how would you know? How would they know where we're going? They're like, okay, thank you very much. Oh, Tim, that is the best written line. That's the best written line in the movie. How did they know where we're going? Ah, oh, they it must is, be drunk. Yeah. It is, yeah, so it is. It is. There's there's a few of them, but that one is definitely the best. Um, then you get them because they're on the wrong side of the interstate. They you got the two semis coming right at oh, them. Yes, and they just kind of squeeze through the semi, and again, like their lives are flashing before their eyes. So funny. So funny. They make it through that. They kind of like spin out to a stop. <laughs> And uh, Neil, his fingers are like imprinted into the dashboard. He has yes. to pull them out. Dell's got the um, steering wheel bent completely over. It's so funny. And uh, they just go and they have to retrieve Dell's trunk, which went flying. Yes. And they just take a break on it. It's, they just sit there. They have to. It's, it's, they ha- what else fucking, is there to do it's right been now? It's so wild. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then the car lights on fire. Yeah. And the cigarette that was in there. <laughs> <laughs> and they both just laugh at it. That's, that laughing is so hilarious. I like it because they start laughing because Neil starts laughing yeah. because Dell has finally gotten his in this movie, right? Totally. Yeah. Like he's Del, finally gotten his. Dell rented a car and screwed himself over by lighting it on fire. But uh, unfortunately, it turns out that Dell was able to rent it with Neil's credit card and it was Neil's car. Their, uh, their cards Ugh. got flip flopped earlier in the movie. And yes, he tells him it's under uh, Neil's name, oh, which is un- so, which is another unfortunate event. It's Neil. so unfortunate, Tim. What do you what do you think about Dell in in when their like lives are flashing before them? Dell being in the, the devil devil suit because I love it. I think that in a movie where there isn't anything like this, except maybe that taxi door prop. There isn't really anything like kind of ridiculous like this. And when they're going in between the semis, Neil looks at Dell and he's in a devil suit with a pitchfork laughing. And yeah. I, I just thought it was so funny. I thought it was such a unique moment for the movie that doesn't dive into that at all. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I never really liked it, yeah. but I, I get it. I get it that, and it's a character building for Neil. Like in this moment, this like, he, he probably thinks he's about to die and what flashes before him is is neil or sorry is is dell and dell's the one who has brought him to his death yeah he's like, like the you person have done responsible this is is dell and he sees dell as the devil yeah <laughs> this guy just keeps screwing things up over and over again so that shows you what neil thinks of uh dell in this situation he thinks dell is the devil so i like it for that but it was very weird just to see like a, the flashing it's of so Dell in a, a devil suit. Yeah, it I was know very it's strange. so strange. Um, but you're right. This entire scene with the car has five, six, seven, just absolutely hilarious things. It is, it is so great. Yeah. Uh, they get to a hotel after all that, and um, Neil asks for only one room. He's very pissed off with Dell because yeah. Dell, like now, this whole car situation is on Neil now, not Dell. And uh, he says Dell can get his own room. Uh, Dell doesn't have enough money to get a room and has to sit outside in the car in the cold. This car is like, it's a wreck, right? It's like basically a convertible at this point. So yeah. there's no heat or anything like that. He's like in his hat and his jacket. And uh, this is another really like obviously warm, uh, warm, hearty part of the movie where Dell's talking to himself. Um, he's talking to himself and like talking to his wife. He's just saying... That he really screwed up with Neil um, and that, that Neil didn't deserve it. And 
he had a good thing going with Neil, uh, but he screwed it up. And that he wishes Marie, his wife, was there with him right then. But uh, he says that's not going to happen. And it turns out, you know, that hard-ass Neil does have a bit of a tender bone because he looks outside, sees Dell sitting there, and, you know, has compassion and goes out and invites him in. So yeah, after all this and all that Neil has done, Neil kind of keeps, like, getting his retribution by um, helping Dell out. You know, as bad as it gets, he's not willing just to let Dell sit outside in the snow for the whole night. So he brings him inside, and this is, like one of the sweetest moments in the film Mm -hmm. where these, these two guys, like they just get to finally hang out and bond as friends, right? Like they're not really worried about anything that's going on. I think, I think Neil realizes that he's close enough to home now where the stress has kind of lifted off his body a little bit. Right. Um, He, he's got a hotel room here. There's two beds. They've got a mini bar that they crack into. They start drinking. uh, So the mood is a lot lighter. Um, They're both enjoying themselves. They uh, they toast to their wives. Dell says that love is not a big enough word for how he feels about his wife. Right. And uh, yeah, just I love that scene. I think it's I've always loved that one. It's just a real nice moment there. Yeah, it's a really great moment. Actually, I didn't really think about it until you just mentioned it, that it's another hotel scene. And the last time we were in a hotel, it was horrible. Everything was horrible. And now they're back in a hotel and things are kind of working out for Neil and they can actually just have a bonding moment. And he's already like looking back on it and laughing. He mentions that, you know, one day he'll look back and laugh and he just starts laughing. Like it's, it is a nice moment. He's, he's almost home free and he can just kind of appreciate this guy for just being a nice guy. The thing, like the, the times that he messes up don't really matter anymore because he's almost there. He's almost reached the goal. But they're not quite there yet, Dean. No, they aren't they, uh, quite they have yet. To get, they have to get back into their car and keep on going the next day. Uh, not before they back through the hotel room. Oh, no. That's always a good one. Yeah, yeah. Back through the window and smash the wall out and then peel away. That's, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not surprised by it because of how the movie's going. But for me, this part is like, oh, that didn't have to happen. You didn't have to back through that hotel room. That's so much, for me, that's just, it's so painful. It's so much overkill. But luckily, luckily, they didn't have a credit card to pay for the room. They yeah. used like he used hey. like his like eighteen dollars on his watch or something like that. That's so there's, true. That's there's no very way true. To, yeah, there's no way he's gonna have to pay more. Yeah, and that uh, that motel clerk, did you recognize him? I did. Yeah, he's but in Jurassic Park. He's the lawyer in Jurassic Park. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's it. I yeah. like I recognized him from pro- probably a few things, but I couldn't put my finger on it, and yeah. I was yeah, I just didn't I didn't look him up, but. So they're they're cruising in this car. The the fucking wheels, dude, are about to fall off, but oh, they're yeah. passing all the other cars. They're, they're just cruising. Flying. And oh, uh, yeah. the reason is because the speedometer is melted, so they can't <laughs> even tell how fast they're going, but it's they're just re- they're ready to get home. Oh, man. But they, they get pulled over, of course. And uh, this was another just one of these great yes. written lines. Yes. And I don't even know like when when i read it it's not going to be funny but in the movie it is yeah. so hilarious cuz the like the police officer is so serious it's just a very serious question and he says like just in all, with the straightest of faces like do you feel like this vehicle is safe for highway travel and it's just like 
the most rhetorical question, right? Because oh, totally. the roof has been burnt off. The yes. wheels are about to fall off. The speedometer is melted. The seats are basically and, gone. Yeah, the seats are. And Dell's just like, yes. Yes, I do, sir. He's just kind of like, it's not a lot to look at, but I do feel like it's safe. You know? <laughs> uh, he says the, it says the radio still works. Yes. His <laughs> delivery of like, do you know how fast you're going? And he's like, well, no, because the speedometer is melted. <laughs> it's so funny. This is so good, so well written, and so well delivered by John Candy in this oh, scene. It's, so yeah. perfect. This guy is so fucking funny, man. He is. He's so he's so good, and he's just trying to sell this one for Neil. You know, he yeah, just wants to keep going for just, Neil. Yes, so he's just yes. he's like, yes, I, I yes to everything, and there's no problem with this car. We can keep going, but no, man, the car obviously gets impounded. Um, but Dell comes through once again. And he gets them a free ride in the back of a refrigerated semi-trailer. Nice. Dean, dude, they're getting so close now. I can taste the turkey. Can you taste the turkey? I can taste the turkey, Tim. I can mean, it s- might be a couple days old by now, but I can taste it. <laughs> yeah, it's leftovers. It's, it's leftovers. Yeah, it's turkey sandwich, turkey soup, that kind of stuff. But I can taste it. But dude, they're finally pulling into Chicago. And uh, did you notice the nice matte painting of Chicago? I did. Yeah, I did notice yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it. Very it was nice. nice. Yeah. You and me, we like the matte paintings. It it turns out we're fans of matte paintings. Yeah, uh, we've seen a few in the movies we've reviewed, and we like them. Um, yeah, I was definitely was cool. was, not was mad one. that it wasn't Chicago. I was pleased that, was that it was a matte painting. Yep. So Neil and Dell, they finally made it there, and they're going to, you know, part ways forever. And they hug each other, and Neil gets on the L train, and. Uh, Something just isn't sitting right for him, though. He kind of starts to have like flashback memories. And at first, uh, it's fun and he's enjoying it. But then he kind of clues into some things that Dell had said that don't really make sense. Yeah. And are kind of like um, just irking him the wrong way. And he basically like goes back to that train station where he left Dell and Dell's still sitting there. And Dell tells him that he doesn't actually have a home. Yeah, he doesn't actually have anyone and that yeah. his uh, wife, Marie, has been dead for years. Yeah. So, you know, uh, obviously more of the heart here. For sure. Uh, yeah. Which Just... really fits. It's totally fitting. You know, I don't I don't dislike it at all. No, I, I love it. This was actually the only thing I remembered from watching it as a kid. I didn't because I didn't really know anything that was going on. I didn't remember any of the jokes, but I remembered being back at that train station or wherever they were and talking about that his wife had had been dead for so many years. I remember that like even hitting me as a kid who wasn't really into the movie. Here's why I think it works is because they're not just trying to slap you in the face with heart right at the end. They have heart like splashed out throughout the whole movie. So it's it's part of the movie at this point, right? You're not you're not surprised when all of a sudden we're expected just to believe to believe that after this like hour and a half of comedy, yeah. that now there's this heartfelt moment that we're supposed to respond to. They've been you know putting it in there, and by the time you get to the end, you believe it, you buy it, and it feels natural. So. Yeah, totally, Tim. Because I was just thinking like, why does it work? Why does it always work that I 
that these characters are always together. You know, sometimes you feel in these types of movies, it's like, well, they wouldn't end up in that situation. They wouldn't always end up in the same place. It's because multiple times Neil chooses to bring Dell back into it because yeah. of that heart. And that's what I think other movies like this are missing. And that's why I'm so into this one, because he has those moments where, yeah, they're actually they did split ways and they don't need to be together anymore. But that Neil brings them back in. Yep, 100 percent. Now, Neil gets his hero moment here, and he brings Dell home with him for Thanksgiving. Lovely. And, dude, the acting in this movie is so good that I don't even feel like they're acting. Like That's, that's how natural everything feels, is I don't even notice it. Um, they're not doing a lot. It doesn't seem like they're doing a lot. It seems like a role anybody could do hmm. but it's just they're just so perfect at it they just have owned these characters both of them like the casting is just fantastic like i don't know if you can get two better guys in these roles it's just so so great we um we're at neil's house we we get the great song every time you go away by paul young playing and neil has finally made it home with that son of a bitch del griffith he finally made it and uh, they live happily ever after. What a what a great guy Dell is. They're best friends. They might be best friends. They are best friends. Like that keeps going, and they keep seeing each other. Wait, Dell doesn't have a home. No, Dell's never leaving that house. Yeah, Dell lives He's never there leaving now. His house. Yeah, he, <laughs> he lives there lives forever with now. The, I mean, that house is huge. So, um, he, I'm sure I'm sure there's a spare bedroom for Dell. Oh, that house is fucking huge. It's huge. Uh, it looked like the Home Alone house. That's exactly what I said. The first time it was on screen, I was like, this looks like... And that's in Chicago as well. So Yeah, it's like uh, one like small town over is yeah. where the Home Alone house actually was. Oh, really? Yeah, they're very close. Oh, cool. It looked a lot like that. Yeah. It, it sure did, yeah. Um, Dean, this is both Steve Martin and John Candy's favorite movies. No way. I love that. Yeah. Mm. I love hearing that because I think it's my favorite of them both and yeah. i and i love both of them like i love john candy i love steve martin i think they are both hilarious doing kind of completely separate things and it might be my favorite of them both that's tough yeah i'm not gonna throw one out there yeah i'm not gonna throw that out. i think for steve martin i have to i think i'm gonna have to go with the jerk uh john candy this could be my favorite but i'd have to i'd have to rewatch some stuff they're both so good yeah and they both have so many movies oh totally and and they have a lot of like sketch comedy that i love so right. it's yeah there, there's a lot out there i just love both of them and That's to me they team. both pair really really great in this movie they sure do okay dean one last thing to do let's do it what if what if you're probably wondering what this is going to be hey kind of kind of the only thing the only thing that popped in my mind was when we did strange brew and you're like what if it's a video game and then I was like, what if Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was a video game? I had I had thought of that. Because okay. I was like, this would be a fun video game. But it would be. I, I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. We just pulled that uh, what if out like a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, so I'm on a different route. 
what if Dean, I want to know what if they really embraced the R rating of this movie? What if once it got slapped on, they're like, all right, uh, we'll show you. And they went full steam ahead into a rated R version of this movie. What does that movie look like? Um, okay. So what does that movie look like? Because it's a comedy and it's in the eighties, that movie has like, you know, more profanity in it, obviously not just that one scene, which kind of diminishes that one scene. Um, I think it's got more nudity in it. Um, I don't know about violence. Like what kind of violence would this movie get into? Okay, well, here's what I'm thinking. Okay, were you thinking and... violence? You're like, let's go full violence. <laughs> Speaking of violence, um, no, I, like these what ifs are fun because you have no idea what I'm going to say. Right. <laughs> and you're left to kind of like figure I'm something like, out on the, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more boobs. <laughs> um, but I, um, at first I tried to not come with an idea okay. with the what if and we just have like a discussion. And I think that works sometimes. I think in a movie like this, what if is super difficult um but i did have an idea about what this could look like as an r-rated movie dean this is it what if del griffith is a serial killer who latches on to neil and is killing the people neil has negative encounters with along the way and the bones of marie his wife are in his trunk okay so tim tim that's what i got so you keep your comedy yeah but everywhere they're going del griffith is killing people behind neil's back yeah (laughs) and they just keep going so here's one thing when dell was in the car was in the burnt up car and he was talking to marie at that moment i was like oh she's in the trunk she's dead in the trunk oh yeah so i thought at that (laughs) moment that she was and i was like wait that trunk though he would have to have like sliced her up somehow (laughs) like she'd have to be in pieces in that trunk but i totally thought that when they got to the... T- like, we don't know what actually is in that trunk, but... Well, it's like his shower curtain rings, I yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. So, But it's he- really heavy, so I, I'm pretty I sure there's a body in there. I think it's just everything he owns, and maybe his wife as well. I was totally <laughs> thinking that she was in that trunk, and that's what we were going to find out. So, okay, I'm on board. She's in I that trunk. She and She's there. Ev- and so he just, like, really likes Neil. And everyone that latches... Everyone that wrongs Neil, he kills behind his back. But we get to see all that. We get to kind of see, like, we get all the funny stuff. We just get an extra maybe 20 minutes of all these encounters with Dell, then going to kill the people Neil interacted with, like, behind Neil's back. Yeah. So, I mean, I love it. I I mean, I can't say I I wouldn't like that movie. I would love that movie. Again, it's clearly not going to be better than this movie because I don't think you get much better than this. But, you know, we... uh, Tim, it's, that is we have actually, our what if. We have our what the if. only way it could be better, though. Anything else, <laughs> so? any other any other like rated R thing I could think of makes it worse because of my favorite parts of the movie are so key because it is just that one scene that's the rated R. But that might yeah. be the only thing that does rival it and maybe make it better. It might be able to work. Just keep the movie as it is and you just add a little bit. Maybe, yeah. Hey. You know, we don't know what that four and a half hour director's cut was like. Maybe it was like that. Maybe that is what's going on. So who dies? Like Kevin Bacon right at the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah. Kevin Bacon dies. Okay, Owen Um, dies. Owen, no, he might let Owen live. Okay. Um, But like the spitty handshake. You don't think he would? You don't think Dell would be like, ooh, no, that wasn't cool. Yeah. Owen's dead. Well, um, 
the Owen's dad, the hotel owner, for only giving them one room. Oh, yeah. I think okay. he kills everybody. He obviously kills everybody. He just kills everybody along the way that seems to be like they gave Neil a hard time, which is everybody in the movie. Basically, yeah. Yeah. It's like everybody, basically everybody Neil's, Neil encounters, you know, yeah. has some sort of uh, issue with. That so. taxi guy that punched him out. Taxi guy. Yeah. The car rental obviously, lady. The car rental lady, yeah. Oh man, I I feel like he, bad. He could he could kill all the people he sold shower curtain rings to and like oh, take my, his and take stock them back. back. Oh my yeah. gosh, Tim! Like yeah. I feel really bad saying it, but I love that. Like I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that would be so interesting. Well, it might be out there. You did it. You hey cut. hey hey. Life wasted. This is our screenplay. <laughs> yeah, to do that. Yeah, yeah. We're calling it life wasted. And that's you. That's our. And it's a ripoff of planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> well, yeah, it's our what if. Oh, oh, we're calling it life wasted. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm I saying. Like it. That's what I'm yeah, saying okay. right now. We have it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Good, Dean. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.